Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. I'm just fixing this hair. Today is Black Friday. They call this Black Friday. Shopping November the 25th, 2022. Oh, yeah, we're about four years since that big crash down to 3,000. Remember that strong hand, long term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin 2024 having. We're one day closer. To an all-time high, baby. Innovation over interference. Buying over crying. This is only the beginning. Be a confident decentralist because we're living in the golden age of the 2020s, baby. In motion. This is where the big boys play. And of course, all, all my people out there with conviction, you are all offended by selling. So am I. I know you haven't sold during this uh, this wild month. Hasn't it been an exciting month? I'm going to tell you all about what's happening. Hello, my elite friends. I'm back. Thanks to Henry Law. Got us to 100 bucks. Thank you, Henry Law. He has a message. Every time we raise 100 bucks, you get a new one Bitcoin show. If you don't, <clears throat> you don't get any shows. Um Although I did have a clip of me and Swan Bitcoin in Los Angeles. Uh, that's linked to below. Follow me. We'll talk about that in a second. Follow me on Twitter. Ask me questions during the show. Bring up your own topics. Do a super chat so I see it or type in Bitcoin Meister. Just make you jump out in the chat section so I actually see it. But again, the more you, you know, we get to $100, you get a new show. If we don't, you don't get any shows. Like you haven't gotten shows for a while. You're fine with that. I'm fine with that. I've been traveling around. I'm in Yuma, Arizona. Uh, I'll be back. Uh, I'll be in Tulsa for a day very soon. Great. Uh, Matt in Tulsa is just a great dude. It'll be great to see him. Uh, all right. So ask questions. There's a lot to cover, but I do want to thank Henry Law again. Uh, we need a hundred more dollars for the next show, of course. And uh, he says he's got a message, though. Message to the show: Not your keys, not your coins. Well, pound that like button, Henry Law. I think you must be referring to what's going on with the FTX situation, or all the other third-party situations where people left their Bitcoin or whatever, <laughs> left some other things at these uh, exchanges that stole all the money. Now, I've been predicting for a while there'd be a huge, uh, you know, uh, something bigger than Mt. Gox. Yeah, financially, this was bigger than Mt. Gox. Uh, there's a lot of others. They're saying it is. Uh, is it as big? You know, Mt. Gox was tremendous. The, the Bitcoin ecosystem was so small back then, 2013, that it would... It really had a bigger impact. People thought it could go to zero. But this is big. This is big. It's making big news, <laughs> to say the least. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, this guy, SBF behind FTX, um, 
people have said, oh, I, I, you know, all, all these mainstream colonists have said, Akatelli was special. Let me tell you something. And this is not to rip on the guy or anything like that, or, although he should be ripped on. Uh, in, back in Miami in 2021, not at the 2022 Bitcoin conference that we just had a few months ago, but in 2021, I was in the media section backstage and I walked by this guy with a fro and he's schlumpy and everything. And it's him. And I thought to myself, I'm like, that's him? That's the guy that's in charge of FTX? This FTX thing that came out of nowhere and supposedly has all this money? I'm like, he's just a regular guy. He, he didn't give out any special aura. And that's cool. I mean, I didn't think he was special. And he was acting really normal and really nice and just walking around. And he didn't make himself out to be special either. I don't, I don't know what people are trying to say about the guy. Um, what's, what's a little strange and is that I don't know one single person. And please, I tweeted this out. Follow me on Twitter, TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-L-T. I am there every day, every day for all you people who say, where the heck's Adam? I don't see him in videos. I'm there every day. I, I, I haven't, I've been during this whole bear market or whatever. I, I've been here. I, I, every day I've been reading, I've been on Twitter. I've been interacting with people. I've been in motion. Bitcoin trading cards here. Look what it looks like. I'm in here. I, I helped uh, Aladdin start this or no, I didn't help him start. I, I consulted him. If you want my consultancy, contact me at trezorhelp.com or DM me over at TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. This is what the pack looks like, the trading card packs. www.btc-cards.com. Look how, this is so professional. People at the conference in Los Angeles, Santa Monica, California, on November the 10th, I was at his table for a bit. People coming up, handing him over money. 20, this, this, this cost 21 bucks, 20 bucks. But this is special stuff. I... You might get a tone vase card, an Animeister card. The thing, this is what you, to people who need, some people need, the, the only way they can learn about Bitcoin, they need physical stuff. That's what his shtick is with these. People are buying these just to like not open them and because they'll be collector's editions. I don't know if you're, you know, I was in the baseball cards a little bit as a kid and uh, some people, you know, are still in the cards apparently. They're just really professionally done. I linked to his Twitter below uh, to the Bitcoin training card guides. They are in motion. They were they were just an idea. Now they're at Swan Bitcoin. People handing them over money. They network with people. Been on other shows. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff, I just I admire uh, what's going on over there. They're in motion. So what the heck was I even talking about with FTX? Yeah. So the question is, do you know anyone that had money at FTX? I don't. I know a lot of people. And I'm talking, when I say no, I, you know, people that I've never met in person, that I just know in the metaverse, <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Um, you know, so, so what's, what's going on here? What, where, where, they're the second biggest, uh, second biggest exchange ever. Really? Really? They are? Are you sure they are? I'm not so sure. I'm pretty sure that this liar this uh, SBF, he, he, he's a smart guy. He came from a family that could fund him, had new friends that could fund him. Probably around 29. I didn't hear about it. It didn't even exist. 
Guys, the old timers out there, what FTX is just like, where did this thing come from? All of a sudden, it's buying the naming rights to the Miami freaking arena? I, I, I was very surprised. So 2020, it came along. I, and I'm not a trader. So I, I, at first, I was like, well, maybe I'm just a bunch of people are trading over there. And, but he must have been a trader. He's a trader. He thought he was good. He got he raised some money from friends and family, started this thing. Then from there, I guess the lie started, and he was able to attract VC money. Now, if you go back to some of my past shows where I've uh, I talked about how uh, uh, Brian Armstrong was uh, interviewed by Lex Friedman, and he readily admitted in 2016 Coinbase had no idea how much money they really had, which shocked me. Um, that he admitted it, but at the same time, uh, people were throwing them money. So venture capitalists out there that you all hate upon and think are the devils, my Lord, they are taking huge risk and they're not even doing their due diligence some of the time. Some of these guys, so if you hate them and you want revenge on venture capitalists, uh, uh, this is some of the revenge right here. Some of these venture capitalists are just handing over these guys money because they think, uh, because they talk the talk. You know, SBF has now admitted that he says all the woke stuff, you know, just to fit in. Fitting fitting in is a little overrated. Well, for a while, it seems pretty good to fit in. He said what he needed to say. Uh, the uh, the altruism, what was it? The effective altruism, what's it called? Uh, that he was into that movement. He was into all the trendy movements, funded all these woke Democrats, uh, funded all sorts of people. Through the money, all the money, all these people were giving him, celebrities he hired. So, so who did he steal from? Who did he steal from in the end of the day? Now, he had some Super Bowl commercials. My theory is it wasn't the second biggest exchange for real. They didn't really have all the Bitcoin on there. Um, I don't People were exchanging. They had a lot of money coming in from venture capital, from investors, from angel investors, from famous people. Uh, famous people probably paid him to hold their cryptocurrency, which they probably never had, and he probably never bought. <laughs> um, and I, I assume some 80 percenters out there that saw the Super Bowl commercials uh, fell for it and, and maybe... Uh, Stored some of their big bought Bitcoin there, bought Ethereum there, bought other things there. Not glorious uh, trading cards like this. Uh, and yeah, and when I they're famous Bitcoin people in the trading card pack, not SBF, but he might maybe he'll be in the next one or the third one that's gonna come out that's gonna have villains, villains of uh, of uh, Bitcoin also in there. Top of the morning from Auckland, New Zealand. Kiwi bloke, pound that like button. Your prime minister is the kind of money, is the kind of person that SBF would fund. The worst of the worst. All right. But it's a beautiful country. Uh, speaking about woke uh, leaders trying to fit in. <laughs> she said all the right things for a while, too. Hopefully you'll get rid of her soon. Uh, you, you, whatever. I don't know. How do, you, how do you guys get rid of a prime minister over there? There's a, there's a, I'm not going to worry about your uh, the way you do elections. Uh, you do what you do in New Zealand. We do what we do here in America. And in America, we got 50 different uh, places. Oh, Fred Castaldini is back from San Francisco. He just sent 10 bucks. Adam, loving your energy and unshakable conviction. To me, 
You are number one advocate in the Bitcoin space. Seriously, no one comes. T- dude, do you want to see me shirtless? I know you like shirtless men, dude. So you want to see what it fucking looks like, brother? What it looks like? You want to see that? That's vegan meister, okay? Yeah, I'm a little thinner than usual. Come on, baby. You want that? Eat pack? You want that? All right. Yeah, I got energy for you today. Maybe I'll do the rest like this. Huh? You want it? Look at that, baby. With the macho madness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You like it, man. You like it. It's not it now. When I when I was like uh, 23, it was better. But um, whatever. So let me get my shirt back on. And uh, yeah, was it? No body fat I have? I don't know. It's pretty ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so I'm as pumped as ever for Bitcoin. And it's just, it is so... Funny. Get this guy in a marathon. No, I don't do marathons. Um, I have a fear of marathons because after you go 20 miles, you're, there's minor damage on your heart. It repairs itself eventually. Um, but many guys as fit as I have, have, have and, and that run, I run, you know, I run 15 miles a week and I do my, uh, my interval training, the sprints. And thank you, Frank, for the support. And I hope you had a, a good day yesterday and everything. Uh, but yeah, I, I do run a lot and, uh, I do my uh, interval training, which is actually better than long distance of running, but no, I, 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 you can drop dead of, of a heart attack, uh, they, during marathons, there are healthy guys that unfortunately it's, it's not that common, but it's, it's out there. I, I won't run a marathon because I don't want to drop dead of a heart attack at the end of it. I don't want to drop dead of a heart attack at, at all in life. And uh, you, you never know what's what's going to happen if that's the way. Uh, that's better of suffer. That's better than suffering from you know cancer or something like that. Oh God! Let's not talk about things like that. Let's keep it real. Pound that like button. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, yeah, I don't. Going to FTX, so he ripped off the rich people. He ripped off the 80 percenters, uh, SBF. And now uh, he's getting this kid glove uh, treatment from the, 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 the mainstream media. Uh, it's it's very strange. But do, do any of you guys know anyone that had money there? I mean, just think about it. And this, the, that everyone just keeps repeating. It was the second biggest exchange, the second biggest exchange. And then people start FUD rumors about Coinbase uh, based on this. Oh, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. So those, those are my thoughts on the uh, FTX stuff. I mean, it, it's sad that 80% of are ripped off and that Tom Brady got ripped off. I don't know. Whatever. It, I hope he's brought to justice. It doesn't, it's, the problem is not Bitcoin. The, the problem is uh, an individual actor uh, who, who knew how to play the woke game, didn't he? I mean, there, there is a lesson there. You could be the biggest liar in the world. If you say the right things uh, to fit in, no one's going to question what you're doing for years. Like no one quite, not, there were some people in the, in the Bitcoin space like, where did this guy come from? What's really going on over there? But no, he he got away with a lot, and then it, it all came crashing down. So be honest. Uh, someone says Bitcoin uh, sat. No, oh, well, I know sat who he is. Uh, good to see you. I know a friend's family member who left ten thousand dollars in FTX, but I haven't heard of anyone else. And so that's 
that's what I would expect. You know, maybe this person only knew about FTX through the Super Bowl commercials or whatever. It doesn't, doesn't sound like this is somebody in the Bitcoin community. Uh, I, I, I don't think anybody, you know, going back to what Henry Law said, not your keys, not your coins. Anyone who knew that phrase or knew anyone who knew that, <laughs> knew that phrase probably was not involved with FTX. Um, I, I think it's a very, very strange combination of things that happened over there. But yeah, he uh, he was pretty creative in the ways he stole money. You got it handed to him that he was able to rip off these uh, angel investors and uh, and funders, uh, venture capitalist uh, funders. But but with all that in mind, I don't think there's going to be that big of a demand from the masses to go after them. I mean, he's very much like uh, what's his face. Uh, the New Yorker that, that, that went to jail uh, for uh, with the Ponzi scheme. Uh, what's his darn name? Madoff. Madoff ripped off the freaking New York Mets. Okay. This is the type of organizations that uh, SBF ripped off, like pretty big players. Uh, so the, the grand, there's not going to be a populist groundswell to like throw this guy in jail. But I mean, it is pretty funny that, you know, Maxine Waters, the, the woman of the people of L.A., a South Central, She's, she poses with pictures of him. Yes, she's straight out of Compton, isn't she? Really? A lot of guys straight out of Compton hang out with dudes uh, that start cryptocurrency exchanges that rip off uh, anyone they can. Very interesting stuff. All right. Uh, best not to trust anyone. Yeah, yeah Frank. That is a good point, and it actually reminds me of my previous video. Something I forgot to mention that you know Kanye West was uh, interviewed by Lex Freeman, and uh, Kanye West was was just totally insane. And uh, that anyone puts any legitimacy into anything that Kanye West says at this point, when he's having an episode, is is wild stuff. Um, but certain people hate uh, other certain people so much that they're like, oh yeah, Kanye's right about what he's saying. Um, but they don't bother to listen that he's uh, rambling. But what the, like, during that interview, Lex Freeman could be so weak. And we'll talk about Lex Freeman's interview. Right, we'll, we'll, This is a good segue into the Lex Freeman interview of the FBI agent who interviewed, uh, who arrested Ross Ulbricht. Link to below. We're going to talk about, have you guys watched that? Or are you an algorithm slave and you only go to what you're told to watch on YouTube? Because Lex Freeman's interview with the guy who arrested uh, arrested Ross is very interesting. But Lex Freeman's interview with uh, Kanye West was also an interesting. Lex Freeman's weakness is his like, I just want to love everyone. I love, I love, I love. He doesn't even know what love really is, I don't think. He wants to love a woman. That's pretty sure. I don't know why he hasn't gotten a woman yet. He's famous. He's uh, That's a little weak, strange. Um, uh, but but maybe he has, and he just, I, I don't know that much about his love life, but it, it's clear. He, he really puts this, uh, I don't know. He doesn't know a lot. He just says, I love you, man. I love every guest he loves. Let me tell you what love, I mean, love, that's not, love. you don't love every guest. Love is a special thing. I've been in love before with a woman. Okay. I, I have, I have, I admit it. it. And it's, it's pretty, a, a man, people think women love more than men. Men, when you, a man really loves, when a man really loves, it is, it, it, it's what I've seen in life, 
It's so passionate. It's like a woman, they, 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 they throw a man away in two seconds half the time. I mean, they love you on a certain level, but I mean, it's not as deep. And that's why some women get freaked out by men. They're like, I mean, especially in this day and age, they're like, oh, they're stalking me. They're too, they're, they're too into this. They're too, they're too grabby. They're too, no, love is a very strong thing. So he, and when you love a parent, when you've lost a parent and you truly love them, you know what love is. You know, and God forbid that Lex Freeman loses a parent or whatever. Long live the memory of Mel Meister, the greatest father of all time, who did die on uh, November the 20th of uh, 2018. It's been four years and uh, I miss him very much. And uh, his yort site is coming up and that's why I'm going to Baltimore to pray to his grave. Uh, may he, many, many, his grandchildren bring him many great grandchildren, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He will never be forgotten, Mel Meister. Anyway, so um, I just want to throw that out because, you know, some people do know it's been, this is basically the four-year anniversary. You know, it's about five days ago. Uh, and we were going, and Bitcoin crashed right that same day. So it was like crashed down to $3,000. So it's the same point in the cycle of the, of the, the having cycle when I lost my father. It's, 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 the, same, it's the same part. It's, it's unbelievable. It was for, and we're going through the same thing, uh, same things in terms of uh, money-wise. Not in terms of personally, thank God, thank God, thank God. Uh, anyway, um, but love, let's go with love. is. So when I hear him abuse the word love, but he really thinks everyone should love everyone. That Kanye, he loves Kanye West, he says. He loves Kanye West. Like, I love my father? Come on, man. Come on. But what happened on the show, Kanye, he says that Kanye West is basically implying he can't trust anyone, okay? which is a good policy to have. Don't trust anyone. Even the psycho knows not to trust anyone. Lex Freeman says to him, you don't trust me? And he says, he says the F word. He didn't, uh, Lex Freeman doesn't curse that much during the show, but all of a sudden he says, that's effed up, man. That's effed up. He says the word though. I'm like, what are you talking about? That this psycho says he doesn't trust you. you you're getting emotional about this. You think it's effed up. He's like, you know, that really is a pretty bad thing to say, Kanye. I'm like, dude, come on now. He, why should he trust a random podcaster? The guy's talking about something that he said that he wanted to do to Pete Davidson. I can't even imply what he said he wanted to do to Pete Davidson. And you want this guy to trust you? You think this guy should trust you know, and do you trust Kanye? How naive are you, Mr. Love? All right. So Mr. Love here, who thinks that a psycho should trust him. I, I mean, who thinks everyone should trust? Or maybe he's got a weird ego, Lex Freeman. Like, why should anyone trust Lex Freeman? Seriously, I know he's a nice guy. But if you don't know Lex Freeman personally, if you just appeared, if I appeared on Lex Freeman's show, I wouldn't trust him. I wouldn't love him. I respect Lex Freeman. I, I think he's doing a great service interviewing these people, all sorts of people. I think it was bold to interview uh, Kanye West. And I think it was bold to interview this guy, this FBI agent status. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> he FBI agent status, he's not taking off his shirt. Trust me. Oh, man. He's exactly what you would think he... If you picture the guy who arrested Ross, Ross Ulbrich, if this is the caricature of the guy, I mean, he's pretty proud of himself. 
he it's linked to below. He's pretty proud of you. Should see some of the the comments that are left underneath. Oh, this guy was just following orders. That's not going to take you too far at Nuremberg, is it? Um, but I understand the guy's mentality. He wanted to grow up to be a superhero. And he, he, he describes some of the things the FBI agents do that are so cool. He's not an FBI agent anymore. He, he doesn't understand privacy. He's like, you know, private companies aren't giving people privacy, you know, it's storing information. The FBI has a lot of tools. We have a lot of tools. Yeah. And, you know, he, 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 he says, it, you know, it, it, I mean, there wasn't violence per se involved when he arrested the guy. He talks about how he did it and doesn't seem to hate Ross Ulbrich. Uh, gives some gives the other side of the story, I guess. And I'm I'm glad that Lex put this guy out there. Apparently, this guy has a podcast. I'm not too interested in the guy's podcast. Um, but when you think about this guy, he says, you know, he doesn't make up the sentences. I mean, Ross is in jail for the rest of his life and everything. And I mean, just just watch the video, Yola. It's, uh, this is how far statism can get people. They think they're doing a great service to the world. They don't have guilt because the government is something that the guy grew up in Northern Virginia and Virginia, you know, the federal government's big over there. So we have a lot of people that can easily become just like this man. He's not a stupid man. He's a pretty intelligent guy who just want to, be good patriots, be superheroes, federal power, centralization. You know, uh, this is the law. I'm just enforcing the law. All right, so link to below. Uh, play it at 2x if you're one, or 1.75x. And uh, let's move on. What are my other topics I'm supposed to talk about today? Bitcoin in the metaverse. All right. So metaverse, controversial term, right? Still a controversial term. It's a real thing, guys. I mean, don't, don't deny it, that it, it, it exists in terms of where do I live? Where does Adam Meister really live? I mean, because we're in the United States, we have to have a driver's license. We have to have a car register somewhere. We all grew up somewhere. And for me, all three of those places are Maryland. Uh, my car is, is registered there. My driver's license is there. And I, I definitely grew up there. My family lives, lives there in the state of Maryland. How much time have I spent in Maryland this year? <laughs> it's a joke. It's a, I've spent physically eight days there. Now, I will be back. Of course, as I always have to be on my father's yard site to be at his graveside and to go to synagogue three times a day and say the Kaddish, of course, as I always will uh, on his yard site. Uh, and that's the main. But it was Thanksgiving yesterday. I didn't even go back for Thanksgiving. It's not a holiday. I <laughs> Look what the mainstream media has done to Thanksgiving. My Lord. <laughs> Thanksgiving has a very interesting history, by the way. It, it is based on New England traditions. 
and the South didn't used to celebrate it as much. And it's a very interesting. Uh, yeah, the the cultural influence that New England had on the rest of the current country, but uh, what Thanksgiving eventually became in the last three years, people were scared to be with their family. Family members were like, "Oh no, we shouldn't be together. Oh, we're going to barf. We're going to get sick. Oh, it's going to be horrible. It's dis- it's disgusting." So I mean, it's really. I mean, I didn't care about it very much. I would love for my whole family to be together, but but uh, for various reasons, uh, the, the, the family can't be together. I, I what I you know what I care about most in, in terms of traditions is, is Rosh Hashanah, and that's very important. But we we had some great uh, Thanksgivings as kids and stuff. But unfortunately, uh, some people in my family did get uh, a little weirded out by this uh, virus stuff. That's you know, they're, they're not all Adam Meister. They're, they're, they don't all have, uh, they all have my same last name and same parents, but uh, not all the same as me in terms of my mentality exactly with dealing with this. But yes, Thanksgiving culture definitely changed lately. I, I do hope all of you made it an interesting day yesterday. But no, I not even, I don't need to go back. I have decentralized myself from the narrative that you have to have a house, you have to have a physical location, you have to do X, Y, Z traditions. You must, you must, or else you will be shunned. Uh, and I, I advise everyone uh, get out of that par- paradigm and uh, decentralize. I mean, this is a big, this is, that's really hard to do. That's how you 2.0 yourself. Sure, you become an adult, but how do you 2.0 yourself? You get to a point where you know fitting in is totally overrated and you don't need to do anything that you used to do. You don't need to do Thanksgiving. Yeah, what's the point of Thanksgiving? I don't have to do Thanksgiving. If my family is going to you know, do X, Y, Z, I'm, this is, I'm not, I'm not going to go through the drama. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. And if friends wonder why you're not in Baltimore, for that, then they wonder. But I live in the metaverse is the bottom line, okay? I've been doing all of my business in the metaverse, okay? Not physically. There's been no reason for me to have a physical location whatsoever. I go from one plate, one Airbnb to another, uh, one state to another. It used to be one country to another. And so everything I talk about in terms of Bitcoin, I, I've been on, uh, not on Jitsi, because it just didn't even exist in, uh, I've been doing shows since 20, well, I've been doing shows since 2013. I've known what Zoom is since 2016. Not many people can say that. So it's, I really live in the metaverse. I consult people in the metaverse. I, I you know, hang out. Well, not necessarily hang out with, but whatever. Certain times with family members, we've had to uh, do things. Uh, you know, we did some Hanukkah thing once uh, together a couple of years ago. Um, no, 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 no. I do do a, 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 a cousin of mine's kid had to, you know, he, he believed in this nonsense. So, uh, the bat mitzvah was, was, was over this. So I'm living, this is the metaverse. This is the metaverse where you conduct everything. So what is meta trying to do? But, but who's in the metaverse now? It's mostly people who are at least middle-class who are, quite technologically sophisticated, who are early adopters. Those are the true people living in the metaverse now. Now we have people in various stages of it and the virus did bring people much closer to be full-time citizens of it. So what meta is trying to do is bring the 80 percenters like fully into it where they don't need to have physical jobs anymore. Okay. That is 
a legitimate, that is a legitimate business model right there. So for all you people that think Mark Zuckerberg is a, is a loser and that calling it meta is a mistake and that the metaverse doesn't exist and all of these people doing all sorts of creative things in the metaverse involving things other than Bitcoin. And there are uh, things other than, than Bitcoin out there that they're going to go back. This metaverse thing is tremendous. It is the quick and just the, all the normies aren't fully into this yet. And that's what Facebook is trying to do. And that is a really low. So people, time preference, um, long be, be long-term thinkers in terms of this. He might look like a sucker MC right now. So many things with the metaverse right now are really creaky and weird and are just totally not necessary. You know, so some of the things with NFTs are just jokes, obviously, but the, it's, NFTs just aren't the metaverse. I mean, Bitcoin is, is part of the metaverse, but we're all doing our, our, our Twitter there, okay? Raging our battles, unnecessary battles, but marketing is done virtually now. Um, Bitcoin itself is not physically, you know, you, you can't touch it. So it's perfect for the attention economy. We strengthen your brand, okay? Shamath, who I know a lot of you don't like. <laughs> and by the way, I was on stage with, uh, not with Shamath, but I, I, was, I wasn't I was planning to be on stage at uh, Swan Bitcoin. But Nico at Simply uh, Bitcoin uh, got me, you know, he did a show there. It's linked to below. Four minute clip of it on my channel that did really well because of the YouTube algorithm. I don't, that's how weird the YouTube algorithm is. And I have no respect of it because I'm not an algorithm slave. Um, even though it made my show do really well in, compared to recent ones, is my four minute of me on stage there did better than this, uh, which is like, I think that's lame. I think my shows that are filled with awesome information, unique beast information, they should be doing well. But the 80 percenters prefer whatever the algorithm told them to do with that show. I'm calling my own self out. I am. I'm not going to say, yeah, that was a great show. That four minute show of mine was great. No, it wasn't. It was just a clip of me on stage at Swan Bitcoin on November the 10th in Santa Monica, where it was kind of windy outside. Um, but uh, Surfer Jim was on stage with me there. He's a Chamath. Uh, he's no friends with Chamath. But Chamath made a great point on Lex Freeman. And by the way, I'm, I, obviously I'm not putting uh, Lex on a pedestal because I just ripped on him for being love this, love this, love. Uh, all right. Love, 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 love. there. Uh, but yeah, Chamath is a smart dude. He's obnoxious. Um, he... Uh, had a harsh childhood and he, he will never fully get over the abuse of his father uh, to him. But uh, he, in this attention economy, I, I don't like the term. Um, it's morphing into we're going to all, every one of us are going to be our own social media platform. And it's kind of hard to fathom right now, but that's what the, that's the power that the, this metaverse gives us. And uh, yeah, I'm really, it, it's golden age type of stuff. So I have a, I have a lot of respect for the metaverse. I, I just, I live in the metaverse. I am living, that is my address. That is, you can contact me. You can't contact me in Maryland, okay? You, you can't like, you can't find me in Maryland. You, I mean, that's where my driver's license is. That's where uh, the car's registered, but I'm not, I'm not physically there. You're not gonna be able to track me that you send me a letter there. I'm not gonna read it, all right? In the metaverse, you, two seconds, you can contact me, DM me. 
I'll be there. I mean, and it doesn't matter what time it is. I'll get your thing. Okay. That's, and some of you are going to say, oh, it's just the internet. It's, it's the internet 3.0. Really? I mean, I, I hate terms like that. Web 3.0. It really is because you can spend in it. You can conduct your entire business from its genesis to its closing. Uh, uh, doesn't have a, have to have a physical location anymore. It's so awesome. It's uh, people could have brought about the metaverse earlier in the uh, internet days, but they didn't. They were still stuck. Like my business must be in Silicon Valley. It must be in Manhattan. The, the two most expensive places in the United States. It must be. I must be a CUCK and play and pay this incredible rent to all these people. No, no, you don't. That it, this this is just makes life so much more efficient. All right. So um, now you can still work on the physical world, word world, and I think this is where the immigrants come in, baby. If we had a United States where there was not, and I've said this before, where, where there was not welfare, this, this, this horrible welfare state that we have, that now we're like 50% of the people are addicted to, it's, it's terrible. I would be for open borders, totally, totally. Because the only people would not come here, they would have to start their own businesses. That, and if we got rid of the, the regulations on businesses. But here in Yuma, Arizona, it is a border town. I don't actually see the physical border. I, I think the where you cross over is probably quite a few miles outside of town. But it's obvious, uh, you know, this this is bus. It was a converted school bus. A few of them are like farm workers. And I guess that's the, the legal immigrants that come in. They might have an exchange that brings in some during certain seasons. I, I'm not going to research it, okay? What I did see yesterday on Thanksgiving, which was freaking hardcore, which just shows you, you can have any culture. There shouldn't be a top-down culture from the federal level that says, you must think this way. Because right now, the way the country has been is that there's a certain Northern Puritan mentality culture that some people think if you're not part of, if you don't follow it, then you should be cast out of society. And that should be the, and that the federal government should uh, dictate what is uh, the, the, dude, let Massachusetts be Massachusetts. Let uh, Alabama be Alabama. And here in Arizona, you got guys Working on a house, I ran by there yesterday. They are doing hardcore digging in the dirt, working their tuchuses off. It's not their house. They're doing work for somebody on Thanksgiving. It, I, I don't know if they were legal or illegal. Whatever they were, they were doing hard. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. And it's part of the reason I want to visit Dubai. And the only reason I'm willing to visit Dubai and I wasn't in the past is they do the United Arab Emirates has a peace agreement with Israel now. I'm not going to these countries that are at constant war with Israel. Okay, they're not they're they're at peace now. You know what what precautions I will have to take in the United Arab Emirates. You know you you can't. There's certain religious things you cannot bring in with you, and there's certain things. Whatever I'm willing to deal with certain things now because I mean I am curious about Dubai. I'm curious how it works. It is technologically advanced. They got all the Westerners, you know, bringing in technology and they've got all these Pakistani illegal immigrants doing their dirty work. And I want to see how I, I, I'm, I'm very curious about it. Um, so once I start traveling outside the United States again, 
Um, and by the way, Shabbat Shalom, baby. And I see someone has uh, sent over some uh, super chats. Uh, and I'm going to read it in a second. But yeah, I'm curious to see the uh, how Dubai works. Into, now, that's a benevolent dictator type of situation. All right. We, we, we're not going to have that here. Um, but we can, in certain states, governors can be stronger than other governors. There's one governor who's clearly the best governor in the United States of America right now. That's the one in Florida. And there's no, no doubt about that. In terms of his willing to slap the federal government back and say, no, the state has the, the state's rights. You, you do what you do. I'm not letting you in here, federal government. But uh, I'm interesting to see, because uh, I really respect the, the immigrants that, that really want to come to the United States and work and do this dirty work that we we're not going to have to do at all anymore. And when I say we, I say, you know, people have been here through a, a generation or two or whatever who just have a little bit of tactical skill. That is the, what the golden age is. If you have a little bit of tactical skill, you know, don't go to college for some of this, for the woke nonsense. Get a technical still. You will never have to dig ditches or you don't have, you don't have to worry about that at all. You'll, you'll live in the metaverse and let the, uh, let the immigrants live in the, in the real world and do our dirty work. And they want to be our uh, our workers. They want to do. They want to dig our ditches and fix our. And they do. It, it, you know, to fix a toilet costs a lot of money. It, it, they make a lot of money off of that. So I, I don't want to fix a toilet. Whatever. I mean, we've gotten that this point in the evolution of human beings that you know now we don't have to work anymore. Um, or physically do physical dirty work. We can just work work in this metaverse uh, type of thing. All right. So we got C Brock sent two euros. Do you watch uh, Preston uh, Size uh, Feisch's videos with Jason Laurie? No, I did not. Um, I don't, you know, Preston has some good tweets and stuff. I don't know that much about him, actually. About proof of stake versus proof of work. Oh, he, he did something on proof of stake versus proof of work? Well, uh, proof of work is, is, is where it's at, baby. Um, you know, it's this proof of stake. It's it's uh, just another uh, version of uh, I mean it's interesting and everything like that, but it's it can be controlled. It, it's it's similar to the the, the the Fed system that that's already in place. It's it is what it is. But uh, Ethereum is welcome to do it. Whatever proof of work is the truth. It's it's the security truth machine, baby. It is the security. Bitcoin is the security truth machine, and everything else. You're not so sure about the the past. Uh, think things can change easily. All right, but I thank you for the four euros, C Brock. Um, if you have anything else to, to say, add it, and I, I can answer it. Shabbat shalom. Oh my God, he wrote it in Hebrew, dude, and he sent another two euros. Much much respect to you. It's good to see those Hebrew letters, uh, C Brock. Thank you for the support. M O one says. What do you think about these crashes this year and the FTX thing? Is it good for Bitcoin long term? What do you think we will be back on track uh, 23, 2024? Yeah, I, I really think this is just all part of the cycle. And that for all of us that were hoping it could be different this time. And by the way, the Juneteenth crash, you all knew I was hoping that that was it. That was the low. But I knew that the exact corresponding would be November. And I told you that, you know, it, it would, we'd have to go about six months of, you know, 17,500 being the low 
for it to really be the low of the cycle. And we get to the five month point and we get to the day before the elections, which could have helped the price of Bitcoin and FTX imploded. And it was, it was bad. It went, it went lower than 17.5. We're 15.5 is the low right now. So we got to, we got to, in six months, now I, are we going to go to 15.5 again? Maybe in the next few days, few weeks, but I think we're out of the worst of it. Okay. And so I, I'm saying, you know, seven months from now, we can get that, we can get to 31 and know that this thing is over. But 2024 having, I mean, 2023 should be a lot like uh, 2019 was. And 2024, should be a lot like 2020 was, you know, the, the beat goes on. And when Cher sang that, she was really good looking back then. <laughs> back when Sonny discovered her, she was like 18. She might've been younger, but I'm only going to comment on her when she was 18. Um, she was, uh, what a beautiful woman Cher was. She's still getting guys. That She's like 70 something. Oh, it's disgusting. I, I, and, you know, the facial stuff on her now, but, you know, Sonny and Cher did some good stuff. You know, the beat goes on. That was, that was good. Sonny, it's unfortunately, he, uh, he had an early uh, demise. Their, their daughter. Whoa. What, what was up with that though? Whoa. Um, you know, Sonny, when he was in Congress, yeah. Sonny Bono made Congress. I don't know if a lot of you know that. Um, he was definitely a unique beast. He was in the investigating things. And that's why some people thought his skiing accident was uh, more than an accident. Yeah, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, so I'm not going to get into that. Where, but yeah, good question about, uh, so is the FTX debacle good? I mean, it's not good. I don't like that people lost money, but I like that the system cleared itself out without re- you know, these bad players that, that are liars. Um, that say they, you know, that, that that say they have X amount of value, they have nothing, and they get called to the mat, and they fail, and that's great, and you shouldn't have been dealing with them anyway. For all the people that are th- say, oh, those people, those Bitcoin the maximalists were so toxic, and yes, yeah, some of them are toxic, some of them are inquisitionists and take it way too far. They were right. They said you shouldn't be dealing with these these organizations. But I, again, I am a confident decentralist. If you want to print your own money like the Korean guy did, go ahead and make my day. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, it's worth nothing. Okay. If you want to start your own exchange, get all these rich people to give you money, buy up the name of the Miami arena, have Super Bowl commercials, you know, do it. But don't store your freaking Bitcoin. I'm not going to store my Bitcoin there nor tell anyone to do so. Um, Control your own private key. So it's, you know, it's it's the natural part of uh, the Bitcoin free market system. And I want to read a quote from a guy who's who has been controversial in the past, but is a smart man. What's his name? The guy over a shapeshift, Voorhees. It's linked to below. A centrally regulated financial system has led to the status quo. If you're happy with the status quo, stay there and enjoy. The rest of us are trying something else. We're not asking for your money or your permission. You're welcome anytime to join us. That is awesome. 
So you know what? You like your fiat system? Stay there. Do your thing. And if you don't, you you come with us in the Bitcoin overlay. But Elizabeth Warren, you do what you do. We do what you do. Don't don't. Why are you, why are you trying to be a busybody? Get into here. And yeah, the worst part of the FTX thing and the Juneteenth crash is Elizabeth Warren. And she jumped right into it. And I predicted it on stage at uh, at Swan Bitcoin. Maybe that's why it's that was a good that was a good part of the video. I mean, I I, I said it was going to be Elizabeth Warren. And she's the worst possible person that could become the next president of the United States. I mean, she's worse than Kamala, worse than Biden. They're just incompetent fools. You know, why not? That's just the, that's the status quo. She's worse than the status quo. Elizabeth Warren, she's going to go after Bitcoin. Anything that has to do with cryptocurrency, anything that she can get her hands on that's third party related. She, this is her thing. And, you know, you read some tweets out there by some of these loser statists. Um who think, you know, who think that guy who arrested Ross was a hero. These people, you know, they just hate on Bitcoin. They want it. They think it's a cult. They scapegoat Bitcoin for everything. And she's doing a great job of scapegoating Bitcoin and bringing up this class war. She's a great class warrior. Guys, decentralize yourself from that paradigm, whether you're on the left or the right. Everyone does it. Everyone tries to pit middle class against upper class. 1% against upper class, 1% against the poor, this, that, and the other. It's it's lame, dude. We are not, we are human beings. Do not consider yourself part of a class, okay? Don't, it's Marxist stuff. It's all boils back down to Marxist and Marxism, class warfare. Don't think about being in a class. It is something that changed. What defines happiness? What defines wealth? For me, it's not, can you take off on a Wednesday? On a Wednesday, do you have to work? For me, that's freedom right there. That's wealth. And maybe it's not for you, okay? But can you just do anything you want? Can you pick your nose all day on a Wednesday? Like I can, yes, I can do that. Do I do that? No, I do not. But it's, that is a, that's a measure of wealth right there. Am I middle, am I, a, does that make me upper class? What's that make me? I'm outside of the class system is what I'm trying to say. All right. That's some metaverse type thinking there also redefining, you know, class. Let's, let's not, let's not even worry. Let's not, let's just get out of that paradigm. Totally. If you, you can stay there if you want it. Okay. I'm just saying, it, I think it is healthier to just totally kick that thing to the side because every politician thought, so many thought leaders out there, they bring it back down to class warfare. They're like, well, this group isn't appealing to the middle class. What's the middle class? What's come on? Let's stop. Let's stop the fire. And I know it's hard. And I know a lot of people, you're so used to it. And I'm still going to use the term some uh, still, you know, I grew up, you know, the way I describe myself, typical middle-class Jewish family in Baltimore suburbs in the Northwest suburbs. I mean, and that description tells you a lot about me. If you're familiar with that type of, uh, <laughs> that type of person. Okay. But Let's, I'm, I'm, I'm off of that. And I shouldn't say let's, like there is no us here. It's you. We're all individuals. So I'm guilty of uh, taking things. Everyone says this, we, 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 we. No, 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 no. Worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. And, and we're all guilty of saying we and trying to, 
you know, there's a certain part, amount of tribalism in every person. By the way, that interview with uh, Lex Freeman, you know, he he's complain. Uh, Kanye complains complains about a certain tribe. It's the things he says, everything else he's saying is so tribal. It is so tribal and mindless. Uh, so yeah, he really took tribalism to just a sick level. Uh, he's got to break out of tribalism. Uh, and, but he also has to take his medication. And, and as I said, if Kanye has some good PR people, all they have to do is like, well, he didn't take his medication for a while there. He, he probably can get off scot-free. But if you, if you listen to that Kanye interview, I can't stress it enough. And you think like, oh my God, how was he canceled? It's so unfair. He was canceled. Uh, that any legitimate company would want to do business with a man uh, that said what he said. Some of it about Pete Davidson, which has nothing to do with religion. Uh, I think you know what it had to do with. Um, yeah. And no legitimate business would want to do business with a man like that. that that's that insane. Okay. You wouldn't want to have that man be any part of your brand. But by the way, again, in this metaverse, we're all going to have brands. I know it sounds a little weird. We already all have brands and you can, uh, my advice to everyone is just don't be toxic. I think that's, uh, that's a good, uh, something. So anyway, Ch Ch Chamath was talking about, uh, the, the future of the meta. He, he doesn't actually like the direction that, that Facebook went in. He's got some Facebook issues though. Also, he has a history with, uh, Zuckerberg. But Chamath is not, don't put him on a pedestal. Don't put any of these guys on a pedestal. Uh, they, you can learn from smart people you, that do not agree with you 100% of the time. Yeah, there's, I guess there's a big soccer game in 20 minutes, right? USA uh, versus England. I'm going to try to get it done by then for all you people. I mean, it is, it is interesting. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, just seeing what else we have here. If anybody else had any questions. No, but I got to make sure I covered everything too. And trust me, there's a lot I'm skipping out on. And uh, there's some interesting stuff linked to below. That hopefully I didn't forget. All right, Bitcoin, we talk about FTX, we talk about Ross, we talk about the FBI agent. Oh, Elon on Twitter. And you know, keep on asking questions, people. You bring up the topics. We got at least 18 minutes left in this show. How about that? Henry, are you liking this show you paid for, baby? Pound that like, you know, oh, now thanks to, you know, we've raised uh, quite a bit of money today. We were probably what, $80 away now for the next show. I don't know. What do we need here? Yeah, because euros are, oh no, euros are worth more than dollars now. I forgot about that. So yeah, we need about that $84, let's say. 84 more dollars to get yourself another show next week, dudes. Someone bring it on. Come on now, $84. I sound like Yaron Brook. By the way, I got tired of Yaron Brook. I mean, there's only so much you could talk about. I mean, he's got TDS. Okay, I can take someone that's got TDS. Um, and I respect Iran Brook a lot in terms of he understands capitalism. And the Ayn Rand philosophy is a pretty good one. Um, you could take it to a level where you worship her. And I think she took it to a level where she thought it was almost okay for people to worship her, which is not good. Um, but Iran just kept talking about the uh, the Dobbs decision. And it's just like, you know, uh, uh, you know, babies and stuff. There's only so much I can hear about that. I mean, you know, the election turned out, a lot of women voted a, big, a certain way because of that. That's great, whatever. If you, 
he he does not understand or he refuses he doesn't talk about the decentralization of america he thinks it all must be one way he doesn't get it that this is a controversial thing there is a there is a life involved i mean on a certain level okay so certain people in certain states it's going to be different let the states do it differently it's not but my Lord, he just, during the summer, he could not stop talking. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I'll watch a Yaron Brook video every once in a while now. But it was in my rotation, and I just had to get rid of him, man. I still recommend it for people. But if he's still talking about that Supreme Court decision, I mean, he's just, it's pretty boring after a while. It's pretty bad. It's a broken record. Um, but, you know, there's other guys. You know, there's just all sorts of other video. T- and I, I've mentioned other people that I've listened to that that are great, but uh, so is so Elon Musk and what's going on over there at Twitter. So he, he reinstated the former president. He pointed out how he found all these woke shirts there. One of the greatest things he did for society was that he said, if you don't like this, you know, work harder, work hard. If you're not, if you're not willing to work hard, you can leave. And what he, Gave them huge severances they were going to get. So these woke people in San Francisco, many of them are physically based in San Francisco. They were offered, if they didn't like that he's the new boss, okay? If they didn't like his politics or the way he tweeted or all the things they were crying about, who does, what a world we live in now where the employees cry about the boss and you're supposed to feel bad. Quit! Get it. Look, there's so much opportunity. He's so he's willing, and they make a lot of money out there in San Francisco. So th- their base salary, all like are all at least six figures, right? Many of them are around two hundred thousand dollars. He's offering to give them tremendous severances. They can take that money, move out of San Francisco, live anywhere, be like me, travel around, but also live in cheaper places. Like so many people in California moving to you know, Idaho, Montana, Arizona, whatever, live like kings for a while. I mean, they should be thanking uh, their their lucky stars. Okay, we don't like the way things are politically anymore. This guy's going to pay. But so a lot of them quit. A lot of them quit. Some have been fired. Everyone on Twitter all of a sudden is an MBA, okay? Everyone on Twitter all of a sudden knows so much about capitalism and running their own business and making money. Get, you know, 50% of them on welfare or whatever. But now they're all of a sudden experts and they're saying, oh, Twitter's going to go down. Twitter's going away. Twitter this, Twitter that. No. These people, 65, 75%, I don't even know the number that supposedly are no longer, they were all dead weight. It is an example to the world of how ESG focused, woke focused, how these corporations and major funding entities are so wealthy and you god bless them they became this wealthy where they could waste money on these <laughs> diversity what's it called i mean die employees diversity and inclusion and i don't even know i don't even know these things and what they even stand for anymore all right it's so ridiculous Diversity for the sake of diversity, inclusion, not no competency hires. We are living in a post-competency world. So if you run a competent business where you're not making these excess hires, my Lord, to the moon. And that makes me really think 
if he's running SpaceX this way, that the, the, the way that he, you know, getting rid of all the excess fat, everybody's, a, a, you know, there's no diversity hires or anything like that. He's really, they're getting to Mars by the end of this freaking decade, dude. You know, he's talking about people living on Mars and people are saying this is, and you know, Mars is a horrifying place, obviously. Um, he's the man that can do it. And he's, he's not talking to talk anymore in terms, I mean, the way he got rid of these workers at Twitter's, it, it, that's truly walking the walk. But it does show you, I just these HR, they should, you shouldn't even need an HR department. You should have one person working on an HR, but it's become this amazing, complex, just unnecessary world of stakeholder capitalism where all these CEOs feel like they got to fit in with like the prevailing narrative out there with the Klaus Schwab narrative of, uh, you know, don't worry about your shareholders, worry about the community, worry about the stakeholders. And by the way, the world is your biggest stakeholder. You have to run your company for the good of the world. And who defines what the good of the world is? Well, I do, Klaus Schwab and, and all my, my people who are Gnostic mystics who fit, who fit in and know, have learned from our uh, elite universities what the truth is and what the future is and what fairness is. You know, the, market, uh, the market is a thing of the past. Diversity, diversity is the truth. And so listen to us. For the good of the world, if we say, uh, you know, this this catastrophe that we made up is about to happen, you got to do it for the good of the world. You got to hire all these people that are going to worry about for the good of the world. That sounds like the good of the nation. The good of the nation. Where have I heard that before? Fascism. The good of the nation by any cost. Hmm, interesting. Yes, yes. This good of the world. Stakeholder capitalism, it's, it's what I, I, I've said it for a while. It's just trendy. It's, tre it's trendy fascism it is, is, is all it is right now, okay? It, it, it's, it leads to a totalitarian end. It leads, it leads to collectivism on a certain level. Um, you know, in, in turn, you know, different fascist systems can be quite comfortable for certain people, for many people for a while. Things can be economically swimmingly for a while, but you just don't have freedom. You don't have certain freedoms are gone because you have given it up because the state is the, is the most important thing. The, the people, the people are the most important thing. It was in the 1930s. It was for the Aryan people. We are, that is the most important unit, the Aryan people, not the individual, the Aryan people. And now it is, it's morphed into the globe the world, that's the most, what is the globe? What is the world? He could define it, Klaus Schwab, anyone, Joe Biden, anyone. They could define, define the environment any way they want to. And because that's the priority over the individual, well, there goes your individual rights. There goes, you know, there is your freedom. So just that's a, a larger perspective take on uh you know, how, how you run a stakeholder uh, business, stakeholder capitalism type of business, what it leads to. Um, a, a company should be for the shareholders. That's the very definition of a company. All right. Right there. 
Shareholders are individuals, individual investors, right? They're individual workers there. As an individual, you could start your own business, by the way. There's no, there's no wage slavery is nonsense. Start your own business. Now, now I will say, and the metaverse gives that opportunity. Now, there are certain regulations that favor, that force people into working for companies. All right. If anyone could open a bank, if anyone could print their own money, then getting loans to start your own business would be easier. But we have intense financial regulation in the Western world that thinks that banks have to be dictated to by Elizabeth Warren for the good of the people, for the good of the globe. And uh, the long-term uh, effects of that, and I learned this from Lysander Spooner, is that it's harder. It, it, it pushes more people in the direction of working at companies. Lysander Spooner, a very interesting dude who I still need to read more about, he was really against working for anyone. He just thought, he didn't understand that there would be corporations, big corporations one day. He was still really smart and really innovative, unique beast. But that dude was just like, thought it was like the work. If you weren't working for yourself, you weren't free. And, you know, on a certain metaphysical level, that's, that's true. Um, but it's, you're no slave. I'll tell you that. Um, are we going to see a show from Mars one day? Well, not a big, not, not a show from me from Mars. Um, but we, God willing, we see somebody do a Bitcoin show from Mars. I wonder that that'll be awesome. We'll see some shows. We'll see some, uh, we'll see all sorts of shows from Mars, but I will not be traveling to Mars. I, I don't have a desire to travel to Mars at all um, until it's much safer, uh, the living conditions much better, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I would love things to exponentially uh, progress to that point. And, you know, a lot of people try to vilify artificial intelligence. And Lex is a big fan of artificial intelligence. Most people, he's had some interesting people on about it. What's his face? Um, Sam Harris just had an interesting uh, review of the people he's, he's had on about artificial intelligence. I think uh, John Michael Godier at... Uh, and uh, is done okay with that. Uh, he, he he does great that I, I, I watch his show every week. Uh, what's that? Event Horizon. What I was trying to think of is Isaac Arthur is great with artificial intelligence. Isaac Arthur is great with what is, you know, not panicking over the trendy stuff in the environment that people panic over. That innovation is what solves everything at the end of the day. And regulation is what stifles innovation, okay? If we did all this regulation, and it saddens me, it saddens me that the health regulation in the world is preventing us from being too, we, we, we had the chance to live to be 200 years old now, possibly. Ron Brook is, is correct about that because he hates regulation also. But uh, let, let the Isaac Arthurs of the world um, do their thing. Don't regulate them. Those geniuses of the world. And we will all benefit. We will, now Isaac Arthur is not political at all, but you can, if you listen carefully to Isaac Arthur, you will see um, that you don't have to panic and be so depressed like kids are today thinking the world is over. You'll be an optimist if you, uh, if you listen to a man like uh, Isaac Arthur, who was born a genius, 
but also has a uh, major speech impediment and has been able to just do so much in the metaverse. And you, you is just true inspiration for anyone who's like, ah, you know, I, I'm not as tall as I want to be, or I'm not as pretty as I want to be. You're something, there's something that you got that you can bring to the table, dude. All right. Um, and it's, it's usually in, on the inside. And uh, what that dude has on the inside is, well, he's a kind man, but it's also up in his head too. So that's someone that I recommend. Sam Harris, I just brought up before. Um, he's really, Sam Harris can get offended so easily. And he still wants to fit in. It still hurts him that he's got conviction in, in this, saying certain things that are unique beasts, but he just wants to fit in with the trendy California people still. And it hurts him that he's not. And he does certain things that are emotional, like quit Twitter, um, which you know, is <laughs> very Nick Carter of him. Uh, although I think Nick Carter's tweet, you know, Nick Carter didn't quit Twitter, but Nick, Nick Carter declared uh, on a certain level cared about clout way too much online clout metaverse clout while Sam Harris really cares about clout uh, among the uh, among the left he, he does care about his clout level and I don't think he can ever get over that he doesn't have he'll never have much clout among those I don't know why you would want to fit in with those people uh, Sam Harris is a smart man I disagree with him on a lot of things but it, he he definitely opens uh, opens your mind a little bit. So there is a, what is this tweet I want to read that I, I have in the back of my head? And yes, the game is, you know, I'm not, I don't need to be at the beginning of the game. I know some British people that are watching me to, to be there. Um, oh yeah, here, here's something from the world of, the world of uh, Klaus Schwab. And uh, we do not have to be, no one has to be in this world, by the way. Bitcoin takes you out of this world. But for all the people that are like, well, what's wrong with uh, central bank digital currencies and having a strong central government? Well, I'm going to give you an example of something that's already happening in Canada. A credit card that keeps track of your carbon store score is a, I tweet this out, is a step closer to a bank. So follow me on TechVault and you can read it, is a step closer to a bank charging you a higher interest rate or closing your account because of a, because of a high carbon score. In the future, a FedCoin CBDC account will be turned off because of a carbon score, all right? Bitcoin doesn't care. So there's an article out of the National Observer. This is a month, over a month old, and I only learned about it on BitChute through um, Dave Cullen, who is like wrong, uh, who's in, who's a conspiracy theorist, uh, who, who blows certain things out of proportion, who does bring up good things sometimes. And, uh, you know, he should be, he got kicked off of YouTube or he quit YouTube before they kicked him off. And I watched him on BitChute because I'm not an algorithm slave. And I know that I can still watch people on BitChute who've been kicked off of YouTube. And I watched uh, Dave Cullen there and he is correct to bring up a month old story uh, about this Canadian bank, which I forgot, Van City, which is now it said Van City is bragging. This credit card you have with us, it keeps track of your carbon score. You can see. So if they're keeping track of your carbon score, clearly uh, the next step is, uh, well, maybe they'll charge you a high, higher interest rate because of your carbon score, or the bank will get rid of you because you have a carbon score. Because they're keeping track of it. They're keeping track of all your purchases. 
And uh, and so some people, well, I don't care if my bank does that to me. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. And, and that's the thing. Bitcoin doesn't do that. Bitcoin does not discriminate against, doesn't say, well, you know what? We've got to live in this world where we're worried about carbon scores. And thus we have to punish people. It's neutral. Bitcoin is neutral. These banks aren't going to be neutral on it. You can already see in the corporate world, they've gone insane and they fire. They, they Twitter had 75% of people they didn't need. All right. And again, Twitter is, is functioning just as well as it did before. All right. Um, so they, all these companies, I, I wish they did get rid of all this, this, these wasteful people, but maybe that's uh wishful thinking because if all these, uh, wasteful people were let back on the street. Who knows what they would devise? I, I don't even know. I mean, I would love to see them compete in the free market, but they probably just all become government workers and uh, willing to follow horrible, horrifying orders. So maybe it's better that they are, they are at private organizations instead of working for central governments doing insane things. So yes, I find it very interesting that there is a bank out there bragging about, uh, you know, making carbon scores, uh, uh, available for their their clients and for people who hold money there, and yeah, central bank digital currencies definitely will. Uh, there'll be all sorts of scoring things that are seem so woke and are just for the good of the earth. It, you know, there's your carbon score. You you can lower your carbon score and you'll be helping the earth. Why are you so greedy? Why are you so selfish? Why are you so and dude, you're so selfish. You're not willing to lower your your carbon score. You're going to get a better uh, negative interest rate on your uh, your Fedcoin Bank loan, and so many people are going to fall for it. So many people are just going to buy into that system. The Bitcoiners, we aren't. We don't have to be part of it. So prepare now. Prepare your mindset now. Prepare your Bitcoin now. Have it so that you don't. But there's still people that are just like, yeah, oh, the central bank digital currency is going to be pretty cool, man. I can't wait for it. Yeah, I'm going to get my negative 10% mortgage from the government. They're going to be able to get, get send me my welfare check. And trust me, the benefits are just going to keep coming. And they, it's, it is financial innovation. It, it's, I don't like that type of financial innovation, but it is financial innovation. It's a sickening financial innovation, but it is financial innovation. Innovation can be bad and good. And this innovation is going to let the for everyone who keeps on saying that the dollar is going to go away. I keep I keep repeating this. It's not going away because they, the governments of the world, still hire people with brains who have the mentality of the guy who arrested, um, who arrested Ross. That think well, no, you know what? I'm, so. I'm going to bring my financial innovation knowledge to the government. The biggest takeaway from the Ross interview, the interview of the guy is, if you're smart, please, guys, don't add to the monster of the federal government. Go, go work in Bitcoin. Don't be a sellout to the government and bring your knowledge of cryptocurrency to them and help them, this, the federal government, become more powerful Decentralized. This wasn't supposed to be a powerful dictatorial federal government. It was supposed to go decentralized to the states. So that's a big take takeaway. But the government does have a few innovators in it. That it, but some people are like, oh no, the federal government won't be able to pull off a CBDC, central bank digital currency. It's too complicated. No, there are enough people out there. We've got uh, 330 million people in this country. 
that they'll be able to bribe with, you know, money that are just like the big guy that arrested Ross. I mean, I'm a realist here on that. Okay. So you, but I'm telling people, don't let your children grow up to be that man. Don't let your children grow up to be the, putting the, the government on this ultimate pedestal, making it their religion. It is a religion for people now. Um, I got to say, I, I'm a certain religion, obviously. If you're the other religions, it's better than being a status religion, okay? They all are, okay? They basically all are better than being a state. I'd rather hear someone do, do one of the traditional religions than uh, than uh, far so. You know, and then some people are going to be like, well, how about Scientology or whatever? The, the Scientology doesn't physically abuse people is fine, right? That doesn't any religion that doesn't mentally and physically abuse people is better than the government uh, religion that people are into right now. All right, maybe now someone will come up with some exception to the rule or whatever. You know what I'm getting at, people. All right, yes, everything is done in the name of safety, says Doug. That's a really, I mean, that's probably a good way to conclude the show today. I believe in Chinese, they don't really have a clear word for the for freedom. I've been told that, okay? I don't know how true that is, but you could tell that in the Chinese mentality, the people don't really know what freedom is. They value safety. And if the government says it's for your safety, they're like, cool. It, we have to remember freedom over safety, okay? The individual over the collective safety mentality. Safety is collectivism. Freedom is individualism. Individualism is the accomplishment. Collectivism is the default. You see where it's gone. And we just live in the United States, a unique, unique country where we've the decentralization has helped keep that thread of barely kept the uh, freedom over safety theme alive. And so, I mean, that's one of your, should be one of your basic tenets in life, I hope. Something just to keep in mind, everybody out there. All right, let's see what else. Uh, I probably forgot to talk about this show. We talked about the credit card. Uh, redistribution of cultural influence. I, I've told you guys that term of mine about the metaverse before. I really think you that... Uh, that, that can happen in the metaverse by, by different means. Uh, just something to ponder. Oh, Fed meeting coming up December 13th and 14th. For those of you who are worried about certain days that could bring about a return to 15,500. There you go. I, I don't know what the, everybody worships the freaking Fed so much. Uh, oh, Tom Emmer. Uh, again, don't put these politicians on pedestals. Tom Emmer from Minnesota, big fan of Bitcoin, is going to be the House Majority Whip, the third most powerful person in the House of Representatives in the United States, is a Bitcoin fan now. So that's positive. Uh, hyperinflation, I want to leave with that. Hyperinflation requires a loss of faith in the money, in the, in the dollar. So how can any of you say that's going to happen when we have these CUCKs like the guy who arrested Ross, who have like 100% faith in the, in the United States? I mean, 
if the United States says, look, we just innovated the dollar CBDC, you better use it. These guys will have more faith than ever in it. Look at the faith everybody has in the government after everything that's happened in the three years. Now, there is a significant uh, amount of people, the 20 percenters, who question authority, all right, who are in the Bitcoin, all right? And we, we can live our lives in the Bitcoin overlay. They're going to live their lives in this a comfortable dystopia, and it's going to get more dystopian, okay? And so prepare for it. But just because other people, you got to be a confident decentralist. Let them be losers and in, in, in just slaves and in, in confident in a comfortable dystopia. You do what you do. Live your unique beast lifestyle over here in the Bitcoin overlay. Uh, and yeah, I think I've, I think I covered everything in the title. Hopefully there was a lot more I had to say. Everybody, Shabbat Shalom. And I hope it's a good long weekend for those of you who have a long weekend. And I do hope that the USA actually beats England. Um that would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? If it doesn't happen, not the end of the world, dudes, at all. I know over in Uruguay, it's much more important that Uruguay uh, wins the World Cup. So I, I think I would rather have Uruguay win the World Cup than uh, United States. But after, uh, if the United States and Uruguay don't win, uh, I think England would be cool because they haven't won for a while. And they're really passionate people. And we got a lot of uh, British uh, Bitcoiners here. And I just think... Uh, I know that, that, you know, a lot of people paint England as like the New York Yankees of soccer, right? I don't see it that way. And again, I, I think it'd be exciting if England won. I, I like to see all the England haters come out. So I think it'd be cool if England ends up winning the World Cup. I, I, I'd like to see the United States uh, win this game you know, that's going on right now, I guess. So everybody, oh, someone said talk about ballet. Um, the ballet wallet is a, it's whatever. It's good for, it's good for newbies. It's a good way to get newbies on the path to getting a Trezor. It's a good, it's a good, it's better than having your money at FTX. <laughs> it's better than having your money at, at Coinbase. Uh, at, 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 you know, having a ballet wallet, controlling your own private key. It's pretty darn good. All right. Yeah. Oh, I don't, who's this? Team AAA? Laugh, laugh out. You already emailed me? Who emailed you? Oh, about what? I don't know. All right. Um, and what's this guy to? Who's Team AAA? Oh, I, 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 don't, I think I might know who this is. See, why am I still doing this show at this? I, I said this is the end of the show. I hope, I hope no one's watching anymore. Pound that like button, everybody. I should have pushed stop already. All right. I'll see you guys later. Uh, Shabbat Shalom. Thanks a lot, guys.